Hello, and thank you for joining the Black Dad Chronicles. I am your host, Courtney McIntosh. And this week's episode is part of a series I am going to do that I call This Is Me. Inspired by the NBC show This Is Us, um, a little bit of background. I've only watched three episodes of the show. Just so happened to be the last three episodes. Um, Basically, the build-up to Jack's death and the aftermath. Now, I haven't watched this week's episode yet. Um, But it forced me, watching those three episodes kind of forced me to reconcile some things that I hadn't yet done yet, you know, when it comes to my father's death and how that affected me. Um, So I'm going to get that started uh, this week. So let's get right into it. Start the show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Courtney McIntosh. I am your host. This is the Black Dad Chronicles. I want to thank you for tuning in each and every week, um, enjoying the my uh, unique perspective on fatherhood, um, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights, and all that in between. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at high underscore I'm Court. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Black Dad Chronicles. And you can also be involved with the conversation by joining the Black Dad Chronicles Facebook page. So just go to www.facebook.com slash the Black Dad Chronicles. Let me check make sure that URL is correct. It is correct. Um, so, like I told you guys before, um, I'm uh, this... Um, this week's episode and probably the next few episodes was kind of inspired by um, the show This Is Us. Yes, it is www.facebook.com slash The Black Dad Chronicles. It is. Um, it's amazing how, yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so this most recent episode. Well, this, like I said, this episode and the probably the few episodes um, to follow will be were inspired by the hit NBC show This Is Us, and they have forced me to you know kind of reconcile um, you know my feelings and how I dealt with the death of my father and grief and all that stuff in between. Um, so. I watched, uh, so like I said, I've only know I've only watched three episodes of the entire show, just three. And it just so happened to be the last three episodes. Um, so what that did was it kind of, you know, forced me to reconcile, you know, my father's death. So I was 10 years old living in Detroit, Michigan. Um, my mother and father were divorced, have been divorced since, uh, my sister and I were four. My, my little brother was just over one. Um, and you know, we're my mom's kids, you know, my, I have an older brother who, uh, let me see, I'm about to turn 37. He'll be 40 this year. Jeez, man, that sounds crazy to think about. And not only did it happen to, um, 
reconcile my feelings about my father. The first thing it did was it made me kind of focus kind of heavily on my whole mortality, my own mortality. So since I turned 30 years old, my main goal in life. Okay, so some background. My my father was forty years old when he died. Died of a massive heart, uh, heart attack uh, playing basketball with his friends at the Thomas and Mack Center at UNLV because um, he lived in Vegas at the time. He was, I think, my mom said uh, over four hundred pounds or very close to four hundred pounds. He was only like five foot eleven, so. He was, you know, overweight. My mom said that, you know, the doctor had been telling him that he wouldn't take medicine that he was prescribed to, you know, control, you know, his issues and stuff like that. Um, and ultimately, he paid the price at 40 years old. So that age, 40, has kind of just been stuck in the back of my mind, right? So since I, I turned 30 years old, I have been determined to not be my father. So... There was a scene in, um, and this is us, I want to say three episodes ago, where uh, Randall and Kevin, uh, the two the two uh, boys on the show, Randall and Kevin, um, they're grown men now. And I didn't realize This Is Us was shown like halfway in flashbacks and then, you know, halfway in, uh, you know, real time, quote unquote. Um, so it kind of confused me at first because... You know, I'm like, man, everybody loves Jack on This Is Us. And then I'm like, yo, how is Jack going to die? But Jack is already dead. It's kind of like, yo, man, it kind of like, it was screwing my head for a little bit. So then I realized, because, you know, my wife and I had made plans to watch it. And then she started, I guess I was taking too long. So she started watching without me. So she's all caught up, you know. So, um, you know, it was really confusing to follow at first. So, um. It was uh, one scene a couple episodes ago where um, Randall and Kevin were talking. It was the episode before uh, Randall and his wife bought the apartment complex. Um, Randall and Kevin were, were talking and Randall said, man, you know, I I don't see myself getting old. And, you know, Kevin, he was like, you know, we've already... Dad's already been gone, you know, longer than we had him because it's coming up on the 20th anniversary of Jack's death um, in the show. Well, you know, in their lives of the show. Uh, shout out to uh, Milo Viermito. Uh, uh, gosh, I don't even, I can't know. I never know how to pronounce his last name. Milo uh, Vitermilia. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. But I first, I first started watching him as Peter Petrelli on the NBC show Heroes. Uh, that was my dude. Um, but anyway, he's playing he, great as Jack. So um, he said, you know, Randall says, Kevin, you know, dad's already been gone longer than we had him. You know, he said he doesn't see himself being an old man. And then Kevin tries to like, you know, add some levity to the situation and says, man, you, you know, you're going to be a great old man. And man, that hit me because in my life, I guess I never saw myself being an old man either, even though I have kids and it's something I've never really thought about it, I guess, but it's like, I've never seen myself like that. And it's like, yo man, I wonder if my dad saw himself being an old man. Um, 
You know, and it just brought up all this whole wave of emotion. I had a breakdown that night. I'll be honest, man. You know, my kids was checking on me, my wife. You know, I just I just had a breakdown emotionally. And it was kind of like a cult because, you know, the last couple of months I've told y'all I just haven't been right, you know, emotionally, spiritually, and stuff like that. So it's just like this culmination and, and, uh, and this wave of emotion. I just And I had a breakdown, I'll be honest, because I never, you know, could... I don't think I, I've now it's it's, it's kind of easier now to picture myself being an old man because hell I got a kid going to high school next year, jeez. But um, so it, like I said, it brought up some feelings. Like I wonder what my dad was thinking about in his thirties, you know what I'm saying, leading up to the age forty. Because since I turned thirty. My and my whole sole goal in life is to not be my father. My whole goal in life is to not end up with him, like him. Um, I want to see my kids grow up. I want to be there for their graduation. I want to be there for proms and homecomings. Want to teach CJ how to shave and you know how to interact with girls. And I want to make sure that I'm there so Liv and Jazz see the example of how a man is supposed to treat them. Those are goals that I have for my life. Those are things that I live for. Um, I don't want my wife to be left struggling, trying to parent the kids. And I'm not here. Um, that's one of, that's one of my, my biggest fears, you know, not being here to see all the important things in my kids' lives. And that's scary. And I guess the thing that made it more scary is the fact that I'm about to turn 37 years old, which is three years away from 40. So, it's kind of like, damn, you know, is this going to be it? You know, because in three years, CJ will be 16, so it'll be 17, you know, be close to graduating from high school. Shit, I can't believe I just said that. He'll be, you know, graduating from high school in a year. And if I'm dead, I won't see that. I won't see Liv go to middle school. I won't see Jazz go to high school. Those are all the things I've been thinking about lately. And it's really taking a toll on me emotionally. And I've never once thought about, you know, ever ever talking to like a therapist or something like that. And it's not because I, I kind of like look down on therapy. It's just, you know, I just was like, you know, what do I need therapy for? But I've, you know, I realized the older I get, the more and more I might, you know, it, it, it couldn't, it couldn't hurt. It might not be a bad thing. I actually have a therapist friend, um, who I go to church with and, you know, she kind of got me to open up a little bit and, just talk, but I'm like, yo, I, I ain't trying to, you know, have a sit down, have a session and you ain't getting paid for it and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, I, you know, and then I realized another, another thing, like, I don't know who my father was, you know, my earliest memory of my dad is second grade. My sister and I went to, we lived on Dexter and Bork right on the corner house, um, Right across the street was our neighbor, Mr. Bell, old guy, always took care of us, always, you know, looked out for my mom, watched the house, you know, he, you know, just a good, genuine dude. So, 
you know, Turner was like six blocks from the house. So all the kids in the neighborhood had to walk past the, our house to get to school. So, you know, we walked to school with all our friends in the neighborhood. So one day, second grade, and it's wild because the school only went up to third grade. But one day, second grade, um, came in the house. And my grandfather was usually uh, was usually in the house waiting for us to get home from school. Or if it was like, you know, bad weather or something, he would pick us up. But, you know, he kept my brother, my little brother, who was three years younger than us, um, you know, while my mom was at work. So, one day, get to the house. Gramps is sitting on the couch. It's another dude, light-skinned, with a big old smile on his face and a nappy beard, sitting in a chair across from Gramps. So, my sister and I walk in the door, and he just greets us with this huge smile. And I do remember that. So, I go over to Gramps. Let me see. So, Liv is seven. So, she's in the second grade. So, I was probably about seven, you know what I'm saying, eight at the most. And, you know, it had only been four years since my parents had divorced at that time, I guess, because, you know, we were four. My sister and I were four. I do have a twin sister. So, we were four when, you know, mom and dad divorced. So, you know, he says, hey, you know, uh, like, you know, I miss you guys or something like that, I guess. And so I just walk over to Gramps. I don't know where Muff is at this point, my sister. Whenever y'all hear me mention Muff, it's my sister, Carlin. Um, her nickname is, uh, you know, Muffin. So whenever y'all hear me mention Muff, that's what I'm talking about. So I don't know what Muff was doing at this point, but I just walked over to Gramps. I'm like, Gramps, who is that? And I just buried myself in Gramps' arms. And he was like, that's your dad. That's Big Mac. And it's like crazy that... In four years' time, I didn't. I totally, I guess, forgot who my father was. Which that sucks, you know what I'm saying? But I guess when you don't, when you're that young and you don't see somebody for four years, I, you probably tend to forget. So, like the first memory I have of him is like you know that moment and. You know, Gramps is like, oh, that's that's your dad. That's Big Mac because that's what they used to call him. Um, so walked over to him, gave him a hug for the longest time. I still remember, and I, you know, and the feeling. I guess since I've been thinking about this coming back, like I, I remember how his beard felt on my face. You know, as I was hugging him, which is weird, but you know, my mom always would say like, "Yo, he's the only man I ever met who." Had his beard was just nappy, you know. So that's all I remember about that time. My second memory with him is he came to visit us uh, for Christmas one year, and he took us to see Little Mermaid. And I remember, and I used to always laugh because the theater we went to was called the Town Theater, is on uh, in Southfield on Greenfield uh, between between six ninety six and eleven mile. And now that it, it used to be a Kmart because my sister used to work at the Kmart and now it's just an empty building. So, um, I remember that memory. I do have a few memories that aren't as clear of, you know, the times that we went out to Las Vegas. Um, but it's, it's weird because like another main memory that I have is like the, my reaction to, when my mom got the call uh, that when he had died and 
going out there to visit, going out to California to visit with all my relatives. Um, and it's weird because, you know, as a kid, you see things and you, you know, kind of like integrate them into, you know, how you think, whatever, whatever. Um, so like you see somebody doing something, you want to mimic that. Right. So I just remember myself. Um, well, my mom and I was the first one downstairs because I was in the bathroom and at our old house, the bathroom was right on the top of the stairs, um, with the door open. Um, and it was late, man. It was like maybe nine o'clock or something like that. And I remember hearing my mom answering the phone and I remember her kind of like cry out, like kind of shriek. And so I was the first one downstairs, you know, to check on my mom. And so we had two phones in the house, right? Gramps like to keep two lines. We have one at the bottom on this uh, little table stand at the bottom of the stairs. And then we kept one in the living room, you know. So my mom was at the, uh, you know, the one in the, uh, the the phone right by the end of the stairs. I mean, at, yeah, at the bottom of the stairs. And I heard her, you know, kind of like cry out. And I could tell she was upset and she was crying. And then I came downstairs and she told me what happened. And I remember like the tears were real. The pain and the sadness I felt were real. But I also think I kind of embellished my reaction because you know how, and, and, and you know, cartoons and stuff, you know, you'll see the character be like, no, and they pan, you know, going uh, up higher and higher. That's kind of how I saw myself. Because I remember we had this little black uh, cloth, not cloth, but it was kind of like a black foam chair in the living room. And I was just like laying, and it had like a little ottoman in front of it. And I was like on the ottoman like, no. And it's like, my dad's going, I ain't know him. And I don't remember how my brother and my sister reacted. Um, I don't. I was sick, man. So then we flew out to California, you know, for the funeral. And now my dad wasn't the youngest. My, I want to say my aunt Glenda, uh, was the youngest. My, you know, um, I think my aunt, no, my aunt Connie's the baby and Connie's still alive. And, uh, you know, last year I made a vow to call her once a week and I just, you know, I kept it going and I just stopped. I don't know why. And auntie, I'm calling you today. As soon as I get off work, it's 10 02 in the morning. I'll be off around, uh, probably around three, three 30. I'm gonna call you today. I promise. Uh, you know, so, um, I don't, and at the funeral, you know, I remember, you know, going, you know, I remember going out to, to California, you know, just being around my cousins and stuff, cousins that I didn't know, but, you know, cousins that, you know, just family, and I do remember, because, man, we had to, we flew into Vegas, and we had to, so we flew into Vegas, and then, um, so, all right, so we flew into Vegas, and then we drove to California. So, it was me, uh, my mom, my brother, and my sister, uh, my dad's friend, Cheryl, and her daughter, Christy, who, 
who was like my cousin, uh, Chrissy Ferris. She's an actress um, out in Hollywood. Uh, she's been in a lot of things. Shout out to Chrissy. Um, who else? Um, it was my dad's friend E, who uh, ironically was, you know, they used to go hoop and record their the games and stuff like that. So ironically, E was, you know, recording the game that day. Um, and, you know, got the whole thing on tape, basically. And I'm like, I'm watching it play back in my head as we speak right now. You know, all of a sudden the, the camera goes to my dad and he's like, you know, on the ground, just kind of like on his back. Then he rolls over to his stomach and it's like gasping for air and gasping for air. And I remember that. And I'll never forget, like. It was a long time before I could watch that tape. I remember it sitting on the on the, on the uh, on the shelf, titled "Deb's Tape," edited by E, and I knew what it was. And I didn't watch that tape till I was like sixteen, seventeen years old. I was probably seventeen. But um, I, so I remember, you know, we we flew into Vegas, then we um. You know, we drove to California. We drove overnight. I remember just, you know, looking out the window at the stars the entire night, man. Just, you know, and it's not like we flew out to Vegas immediately. It was, you know, it was like a couple of days and, you know. So, I remember one of the stops we had to make was we stopped in San Francisco. San Francisco was the craziest thing. San Francisco weather was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Because we got there early in the day. We were wearing shorts, tank tops. Then around 4 o'clock, man, the fog rolls in. Uh, my mom is like, we're at, at the docks at the pier. And my mom is like frantically looking for all of us, you know, some jackets. And I remember, you know, when we flew into the airport in Vegas. You know, airports was different back then. Um, but... You know, flew into the airport in Vegas. I remember that I saw these like sunglasses that was kind of roll-up sunglasses. They, you know, they were, but they reminded me of Bret Hart's glasses. You know, what I'm saying because I, I was a big wrestling fan, man, and Bret Hart was my favorite wrestler, the Hitman. Um, and I remember I saw these sunglasses, and they looked like his glasses. So I'm like, Ma, I gotta get those. I gotta get those. So she bought them for me, and we got a picture. Um, that's I got a picture around the house somewhere. It's me. In these goofy ass blue shorts <laughs> with my sister, my little brother, uh, Christy, my mom, E, and you know, we got these jackets on and shorts, and I got those glasses on, you know. So I wore those glasses to the funeral too. Um, and you know, I was crying and stuff. And then my mom just re revealed to me the other day, like, you know, my sister didn't cry, you know what I'm saying? My mom said she could sit, tell she was upset. She could tell she was sad, but she didn't cry. But it was just like, you know, I remember sitting in the front row. I don't even know if my brother was at, my older brother was at the funeral. I don't. I don't think he was. Um, sorry for my phone going off. Um, but, you know, I, I don't. All I really remember from the funeral is, like, my Aunt Connie, you know what I'm saying, just, you know. I don't remember, you know, what my Uncle Babe was doing. I don't remember what my my Aunt Rita was doing. I don't remember what my Uncle Benny was doing. I just remember um, Connie um, just screaming out, 
you know, my baby, my baby. And she was just, you know, draped over the casket. And it was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, one of the saddest things I ever saw. And then, like, my mom was the last person. Um, I don't know if she was the last person to go view the casket. Because we didn't do, we didn't, like, you know, view the casket when we um, first walked down. Um, so it was like at the end and that's all I remember. Um, and then my mom, I remember my grandma, uh, viewing, looking, you know, I'm saying viewing the body. Um, and I remember my mom, you know, saying the exact same thing as my aunt Connie. And it's like, man, I'm so like my, me and my mom have become like best friends. Like I, my mom is one of my best friends. And I mean, I, I'm with her pretty much every day. She's my workout partner. And this is like, man, as a mama's boy, seeing that just, man, shatters your heart in pieces. So I remember just feeling, at that point, I was just feeling sad for my mom. And it was just like, you know, the older I got, I wish my mom, you know, my mom spent so much time dedicated to us that, you know, which, you know, shout out to her for Because she didn't have to. She could have shut down, um, you know, she could have found a man and, you know, didn't even, you know, but my mom just focused on us. And it was like, damn her happiness. You know, I just, I got to make sure my kid's straight. And that's what she did. And it's like the older I got, the more and more I wish my mom had, you know, a man in her life, you know. So, um, I never really talked about my dad's death, you know, just because, and it's weird how, um, I... Like I said, you know, I didn't really know him. So, I'm kind of, you know, mentally I'm kind of confused. Like, yo, how can you love somebody you really don't know? You know what I'm saying? Um, And reconciling that is tough. And it's not like, you know, my dad was around. He was just some absentee bum who didn't want to have nothing to do with his kids. You know what I'm saying? He died at 40 so the age of 40 man it's just gotten it's scary it is really scary and I know look man you know that was my dad it's not necessarily gonna be me it's like I'm determined for my my story's gonna end differently God willing my story's gonna end differently um Hmm. Like if you ask me if I if I could sit down and have a conversation with my dad right now, I'd do it. Yeah. But if you would ask me between like my dad or my grandfather, who would I rather sit down and have a conversation with? It'll be Gramps. But I I'll, I'll get into that next episode. Um so, yeah, you know, like, turning, you know, the fact that I'm getting, it's like, you know, the fact that I'm getting older, it's like, you know, my son is taller than my wife now. You know, my wife's not the tallest human being. She's only like 5'2". But my son is 13 and he's taller than her. Jasmine, my oldest daughter, is almost as tall as her. And she's 11. And it's like, dang, you know, they're not babies no more. And it's like subconsciously, and I haven't been trying to do this on purpose, but 
subconsciously, um, I've been like going back and looking at pictures of the kids and getting sentimental. And it's just like, yo, man, tomorrow's not promised. So, you know, I can't, I, I can't necessarily like operate with, um, yo, I ain't going to die tomorrow because I very well could and it would suck, you know, because tomorrow's not promised to no man. And it's been tough dealing with it. So I guess I'm, I'm trying to use this and probably these next few episodes as sort of therapy. Um, Hey man, I ain't got no insurance right now, so I can't necessarily afford a therapist. So I'm, I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to the audience, you know, um, man. My goal in life, ever since I found out Robin was pregnant, is to be there. It is to not be my father, like I said. And even, you know, even more so since I turned 30. But, you know, when I found out Robin was pregnant, it was like, yo, everything I did from that point on, you know, I tried to do, you know, with the future in mind. Um, I was working at Walgreens. I realized I couldn't support a family, you know, working at Walgreens, so I joined the military, and I was like, you know, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, let's try to make the military a career, and for the longest, you know, when the first two years I got in, I'm like, oh, yo, man, I'm just doing my five years and I'm out, man, I'm just trying to get that GI Bill so, so I can go back to school, and then it's like, yo, I really kind of like this, I really can make a career out of this. Something that I've never imagined having. Let's do this. I'm going to do this. So I tried to buckle down. And then it's like, oh, you got sleep apnea. You're not fit for sea duty. So we're going to have to, we're not going to be able to let you re-enlist. And when I found that out, it was just like, dog. But man, you know, coming back, you know, going to school, thinking I'll find my career. Um, but still finding time, turning down opportunities because it was going to take away too much time for my kids. I don't want to sacrifice time with my kids at all. I know, you know, in some instances I'm going to have to. But I want to be with my kids as much as possible. You know, to let them learn from the mistakes I've made. Like I'm trying to teach, you know, CJ right now, like, yo, I made mistakes when it comes to school. All throughout my life. And I see you going down that same path. And I'm trying to impress upon you that you don't want to make the same mistakes as I did. Because look where look where I am. I am soon to be 37 years old. Student loan debt. Don't have a home. Don't have, barely have any savings. You know what I'm saying? Not, oh, okay. I'm not saying don't have a home. I'm not homeless. You know what I'm saying? We rent a place. But, you know, I wanted to be a homeowner by this this time. And, you know, I, I'm not. And I'm not, not saying, I'm not saying I'm in a rush. But that's something I would like to be on the horizon. Um, I'm trying to be the anti of my father. There for my kids. So, like, I try to be at every single thing they have. I try to be there. Whether it's band concerts. You know, daddy-daughter dances, father-and-son nights, 
You know what I'm saying? I try to be there for my kids and include them in, in everything I do. That's why you've heard them on the podcast, and you will hear more of them on the podcast. Um, hey, we're going to sit down and, and have a discussion about Black Panther after we see Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like all the things that my father couldn't do, I, w- I have to do for my kids. It's not I want to. I have to. And I do want to, but I have to do. For my kids. Like I remember. You know what I'm saying. Like going to games coming up. It, it was weird. Because coming up. Because all none of my friends had dads. You know what I'm saying. It was just. It was normal. And it didn't seem abnormal. But it is abnormal. For you not to be in your child's life. Unless you like in jail. Or like dead. There's no reason. For you to not be in your child's life. Regardless of your relationship. With their with their mother. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's no reason for you not to be in your child's life. And, you know, so I'm like, I'm going to be. And, you know, my mom was upset when Robin and I decided to get married. Um, and especially once I found out um, where I was going to be stationed and, and stuff after boot camp. My mom was like, well, y'all don't have to get married. You could be a father from a distance. I'm like, no, nah, I can't. I can't do that. Because to me, that's not what a man does. Now, like I said, there are some some instances and you know circumstances, but no, nah, I don't want I don't want to raise my kids like that. And plus, I I love their mother, so you know what I'm saying it was just like, yo, why not? But I say that to say this, man. I'm like on a journey to find out who my father was. Like it's it's funny because you know I'll ask you know my family some questions or my family will tell me things like oh man, you know, he smiled just like a man. He had a smile that could light up a room. You know he had a laugh that was just like the most joyous things you ever heard. Like I'm friends with one of his friends on Facebook and he every time I post a picture, man, he's like man, you look just like your dad. Your dad would be so proud of you. And it's like, man, I hope he would. I hope he would see, you know, the way I treat my mother, the way I treat my wife, um, that he'd be proud of me. Gramps, too, you know what I'm saying? So, but that's it. Before I, you know, get on here crying and all that stuff, I ain't, you know, trying to have y'all, no sympathy, all right? Yeah, yeah. If you all want to, you know, hit me with some sympathy listens and downloads and shares to the podcast, hey, I'm down for that, you know. Um, but anyway, um, if you want your, you know, your voice to be heard on the podcast, um, hey man, go to the Black Dad Chronicles Facebook page. Um, you know, I I want to, you know, and. I haven't been doing my job when it comes to the podcast. The podcast is my baby, but I've kind of like stopped paying attention to this baby that I got. And, you know, I, you know, that's going to change too. Um, I had to take a social media break, man. I had to. Um, and that was just part of like everything emotional that, you know, that, that was, that I was going through and stuff like that. Um, so part of that was like, you know, I got off of social media, um, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna start being active on social again. Um, I'm pretty active on Twitter just because, like, I you know I 
The only time I, it wasn't, at first I was only using Twitter during NBA season just because I love hoops. I love to talk basketball. Um, uh, it's easy to find a following on, on NBA Twitter, quote unquote, and just jump in a conversation and have dialogue about basketball and teams, your favorite team, wrestling also. Um, but I'm going to be more active, especially when it comes to, um, um, Getting the podcast out there like uh, I just got approved um, for a podcast in color. Uh, so the Black Dad Chronicles is now in their directory. Um, so um, um, so yeah, man. If you want to, um, if you want to be part. of of the um if you wanna if you wanna uh, if you wanna join the discussion on the Black Dad Chronicles go to www.facebook.com slash the Black Dad Chronicles um you know and just you know submit just comment um, you know, on comment on the podcast, um, comment on whatever questions I throw out, um, comment on, like, if you know, tag some dads that you, you know what I'm saying, that you want to get their story out. Um, I got an interview with, uh, one of my best friends of uh, the great Mark Nash that I'll be posting. Um, I call him the great Mark Nash. She's going to hate me for calling him that. Uh, but he's like my Mark is like my little brother, um, so I got an interview with him that that'll be out on, on the, you know soon. Um, uh, man, um, you can follow me on Twitter. Like I said, if you want to talk on Twitter, um, my uh, handle is high underscore I'm Court. Um, search me there. We can have a discussion about fatherhood. Talk about your relationship with your father. Um, all that stuff. So, um, next week, uh, I think I'm going to continue this, um, just because it's, it's quite therapeutic and I'm going to talk to y'all next week about, you know, my grandfather, um, uh, Hubert Harvey McIntosh. He was a great man in my life. Um, you know, I don't want to get into anything else cause you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to save that for next week. Um, so, yeah, man, just tune in. Thanks for everybody showing love. Thanks for all the likes. Thanks for all the listens. Thanks for all, man, the love I get, you know, when y'all, you guys, you know, listen to my podcast. I'm just a, I'm just a guy. Um, but, man, I, I want to thank everybody for taking time out, you know, 30 to 45 minutes of their day just to, to listen and share. One love. Peace. <laughs>